Why is a nurse's mindset and career-related value proposition so important during times of crisis and uncertainty? Let's talk about it right here on this special bonus episode of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I'm privileged to use this platform to educate and inform you, The Nurse Keith Nation, so that you can take any information you find useful and share it with those you love and care about the most. I'm committed to regularly publishing episodes related solely to the COVID-19 pandemic. These episodes are always free of corporate sponsorship and advertising, and it's solely about educating and informing you as a public service. So please share far and wide. And today, Today is a special bonus episode. We're not talking specifically about COVID-19. We're talking about your career, your mindset, your value proposition, and how to create powerful habits so that you can keep moving forward even when the world seems topsy-turvy, inside out, upside down, and completely different from anything any of us have ever experienced in living memory. And I am joined today by new friend of the pod, Ashley Clevins-Hayes of rxashley.com. And Ashley, I'm so glad you're here with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Keith. This is fun. I love riffing and jamming with people like you, so this is going to be good. (laughs) Oh, awesome. That's great. I mean, I have so little to work with here, just you and me. And (laughs) We had a great we had a great conversation last week and here we are on Cinco de Mayo 2020 and the world is pretty inside out, isn't it? Yeah. When you said we're not gonna talk about COVID, I was like, okay, okay. Fresh breath of air. I feel like everything in the news and everything in the media is very heavy on COVID right now. So I'm not gonna lie. It is nice to take a little bit of a refresh on week eight of quarantine, <laughs> away from quarantine, away from COVID. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. And I do COVID episodes and these bonus episodes I'm doing are kind of related to the pandemic, but in an oblique kind of way. Yeah, no, exactly. I I think it's important that we stay up to date of what's going on with COVID. But at the same time, I think some of the things that we're going to talk about is COVID inflicted, but it's, it's really for at all times. I think it's a critical. Oh, yeah. So it's a good lead way. Absolutely. So at the top of the show, I mentioned mindset and your career-related value proposition Mm -hmm. and also talked about creating powerful habits. So can you tell me, you know, in your own point of view, what is a value proposition when we're talking specifically about a healthcare professional? Because you're a pharmacist. Yeah. My background's pharmacy. Mm -hmm. So what do you say about a value proposition? In the simplest way possible, I think a value proposition is basically how well you position yourself as an expert and how well you can articulate and communicate your value to a potential employer or someone who's going to hire you or a client or a customer or a patient, how well you can articulate your skill set and your assets that you bring to the table in the simplest way possible. Obviously, you know, we're going to dive into some of those details, but I think what is missing from a lot of healthcare professionals is knowing the art of how to articulate and communicate our own value proposition. We just get so caught up in, in the science and in the knowledge and in the education and in the training and in the patient care and budgets and, you know, all the stuff that I think we, we neglect, and I'm saying we, as in, I used to do this too, as when I was practicing, right. we neglect that we are our own 
person. We're not just a nurse or just a pharmacist or just a physician or, or just a PA. We're actually a valued individual that when groomed well enough, you can really sell your services so effectively. So I'm so glad we're talking about this today because this is like, I can talk about this forever. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Well, we've got, I've got three or four hours. That's cool. <laughs> so speaking of value, what does it mean for a nurse? Because you're a pharmacist, that was your clinical world, and mm-hmm. you work with all sorts of healthcare professionals. I, yeah, I work with nurses and, and physicians and pharmacists and beyond. So, right, you, look, you work with everyone and beyond. And I find personally, a lot of nurses, they go into nursing because they quote unquote, want to help people. Like that's what we hear all the time. And that's totally cool. And that's why I did it too. Mm -hmm. However, I also find there's a large number of nurses who come to me who don't know how to articulate why they're awesome. And I have to elicit from them and I don't mind doing it. It's a joy Mm -hmm. because no one else has ever taught them how to elicit from themselves why they're so awesome, what makes them unique, what makes them tick and why they're a good investment for an employer. So what is it about owning one's value that's so valuable, so to speak? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Uh, Well, I mean, it's really how you can stand out. And when I interview prep people, or when I talk to people who are looking for a career pivot or a career shift in so many people, in nursing too, you know, the job market's so saturated. It's so competitive. It's so hard to get a job in X position. And, but the, but the reality is, is there's some people that are getting jobs always. So right. There's always people getting competitive jobs. There's someone landing the job. So what differentiates that person to someone who doesn't get the job? And while there can be qualifications, obviously baseline training qualifications, the odds are, it's not that it is simply how people talk about themselves in a high stakes situation, such as a networking event or a presentation or a meeting or a conference or an interview. And I think we lose sight of that when we are just in it to take care of other people. Like, right. I mean, majority of clinicians go into medicine or go into healthcare to help people. But what we often overlook is how are we helping ourselves? by standing out in a competitive marketplace to have the opportunity to help other people. (laughs) Good point. And you live in Orange County. I do. And just north of you is the Bay Area. And Mm -hmm. then south of you is San Diego. And those are fairly tight markets in many different areas. And if you go into an interview or you write, say, a cover letter or the summary on your resume or LinkedIn profile, and you say, compassionate, dedicated, nurse, dedicated to serving vulnerable populations, it's too generic. It's not going to cut it. It's not. It Unfortunately, make you stand I hate out. that. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate that we have to, you know, it's just part of the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like you just, how can you showcase your services and still stand out? And I think a lot of times we're just not trained to think that way about ourselves. We're, we're trained to be really good at our job. And that's the most important part, right? How well you take care of patients and your quality of care. Mm-hmm. Those are huge indicators of a really good healthcare professional. But what we're not trained in, in, in our schooling or in our jobs or whatever, you know, internships, externships is how to talk about yourself confidently and the art of standing out. And I think, I mean, that's truly 
why I have a job now is because I picked up on that five years ago. Um, Me too. A lot of my friends and family were so qualified. It was it was crazy to see what what they have on paper and the disconnect to what they say in a situation such as an interview. And it got me thinking, why are my friends and family who are the smartest, most brilliant humans on this universe not getting the jobs that they deserve? Mm-hmm. And it started to really bother me. I, mm-hmm. I literally would lose sleep over it. And so then I would start reaching out to them and just talking to them. Come to find out, it's it's nothing about your qualifications. It's nothing about getting an extra board certification or going mm-hmm. for another conference and spending thousands and thousands of dollars on you know another master's or whatever it is, a PhD. What it comes down to is how are you talking about yourself during a high stakes situation, such as an interview? So mm-hmm. the value proposition, you know, the art of the humble brag. Um, the humble brag. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let, so I I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> yeah. The humble brag. What's a humble brag, Ashley? It is a way for you to confidently talk about your strengths and how you are of value and asset to someone who has an opportunity for you. It's not being a jerk. It's not saying I'm boastful. It's not saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm so good at this. I have all these fancy letters behind my name. No, it's just being very factual of what you've been able to achieve in your career Mm -hmm. and being able to confidently deliver that message to, you know, someone who's sitting across from you. So I teach that to my clients. Um, Cause I think we're so uncomfortable talking about ourselves. Like, shoot, I'm uncomfortable talking about myself still. And I teach this right <laughs> just this morning. Right. I was meeting with a client and I was like, Oh God, I have to say this, but I, I don't have imposter syndrome anymore. I'm really confident. And just me saying that, I'm like, what? why is that so uncomfortable for me? But I think it's because especially as clinicians, especially as just genuine people who have a heart, <laughs> we just, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable, but the difference between someone who lands a job and the, the difference between someone who doesn't land the job isn't always about the qualifications. It's really just how, how we talk about ourselves. That's so true. And that, that makes me think of politics. And I don't want to get super political, but I talk to my clients, like I say, I talk about branding, marketing, and yeah. selling. And I have a podcast episode fairly recently, a month or two ago, about why nurses need to learn how to market brand it and is. sell themselves. Yeah. And nurses don't like to hear that. And I also say to clients, you know what? This is about spin and it doesn't mean you're no, lying, no. but it means you are spinning the conversation in a positive right. direction to highlight why you are amazing and why you are the absolute best investment this particular hiring manager or person could make. Agree. I, I mean, right. the mo- majority of the time I interview prep clients, I would say, yeah, majority. The first 30 minutes to 45 minutes I spend with them Honestly, a lot of people end up in tears because we've just never gotten comfortable talking about like why we're good. And it's so uncomfortable for people. And I mean, it's a very safe environment when I interview prep seven. So it's, it's all good, but it, it, it's just, I bet. it's the reason why I do what I do because I can't stand when underqualified people land the jobs that my friends and family and colleagues and coworkers who are extremely qualified just aren't landing simply because they don't have the tools. Right. It's just about getting the tools of how to spin some things. And it's annoying and it's frustrating, but like you just, you got to do it. (laughs) 
It's great. <laughs> now, let me take you back to pharmacy school. When Where did you go to pharmacy school? In, in California? I did. I went to the University of Southern California. Fired on Trojans. Okay. So you went to USC. Yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> How much time, and this is not to cast dispersions on your alma mater, but how much time was spent in your education on how to write a resume, how to interview, and how to market yourself? Seriously. Seriously. Over four years and yeah, like $500 million, I think. Um, <laughs> That's an expensive education. <laughs> it's close to it. Yeah. Um, no, just kidding. A couple hundred thousand dollars to be direct. Um Okay. I want to say maybe one or two lectures, so maybe a couple hours. Right. Nursing is about the same to the best of my knowledge from my own experience and what I hear. We get, most nurses get what they call a professional development seminar. Yeah. Usually in the final semester or the penultimate semester of school where you write a resume and maybe create a LinkedIn profile if your school is right. really on top really of it. On top of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe you create a very generic cover letter. And yeah, I bet same. medical school is probably about the same. Well, I know it's the same because uh, my husband went through medical school and I don't I think it's even That's right. less. I don't even think they're born with the the complex of you know, they're going to do yeah. great, great things. So right. I'm like, cause they're a doctor. They're you're a doctor. doctor. Yeah. yeah. I'm so lucky. <laughs> yeah. right. You're awesome. Right? That's yes, great. Exactly. So, so here's the thing with nurses and right now we're recording at the beginning of nurses week, 2020. And this is the year of the nurse and midwife as I love that as invoked by the WHO in late 2019. Little do we know that there'd be a huge pandemic where nurses <laughs> would feature obviously very, very squarely and centrally, and many of them would get sick and die. That said, thank you all for your service. That said, you know, there's this thing about nurses where they've been depersonalized in the media and in popular culture as angels, as superhuman superheroes, and as like saints basically in scrubs. Like you can see these little bumper stickers and things or cups that say, you know, nurses are angels in scrubs. And I'm like, okay, I, I hear you, but nurses are actually like real life people with a lot of nuance and struggle. And they have a lot more depth than putting on band-aids and starting IVs. They do a hell of a lot more than that. Yeah. And I'm not blaming the public. I mean, if you watch TV or movies, for the most part, George Clooney comes sweeping in and saves the day and the nurse hands him a scalpel and smiles, right? So nurses haven't necessarily been portrayed as people who have a lot of agency. And I think a lot of nurses in my experience, aside from the younger ones, like millennials and Gen Yers, I think are getting this more because they're just more savvy. I think nurses have learned like, oh, they use that four letter word. I'm just a nurse. Hmm. And I think, you know what? It's so interesting. It's fascinating when you're saying this because every profession it's, it's a beautiful thing. Cause that, you know, I started off in pharmacy and I started coaching pharmacists for a couple of years yeah. and I, and then the pharmacists would have success. And so they would tell their aunt or their sister or their cousin or their next door neighbor. And so, you know, as a growing small business, I was like, sure, I'll talk to anyone. I mean, it's all transferable. So then I started taking on clients who were nurses and physicians and architects and professional athletes and accountants and project managers. And you know, what's wow. interesting about what you just said? No. Every single industry I talk to says the same exact thing about themselves. Even physicians, are you serious? even physicians who are like ancillary, you know? So, you know, I, I, one time I had a um, nephrologist who 
or and nephrologist, and then I had an internal medicine physician, and they both said to me, well, we're just internal medicine. Well, I'm just a consultant nephrologist. And I'm like, what? What, what do you mean? Everybody thinks that way of themselves. Really? It's so fascinating that no one gets the recognition that we deserve. So it's just interesting because I would never think of a nurse like how you just, Nor how you explained I. it. I was like, what? Really? Like, that's fascinating. Every single, because most recently I've had a, an LMD nurse and I was like, I couldn't have survived my experience without that of person. So, I mean, the general public, I think we're all sensitive to it, mm-hmm. right? I think, especially, you know, I, I'm come from pharmacy and pharmacists are like, oh, we just count pills behind the counter. And mm. the reality is, is pharmacists do so much more than that oh these my days. Gosh. Now that's where we started. I think, you know, that's the traditional realm. And so I think just in the media and in movies, like you said, George Clooney, same with pharmacists. Pharmacists are portrayed as drug pushers and like the pharmacist in nurse Jackie. Exactly. How many pharmacists have you seen in a, in a mainstream or cable TV show? One, one, the one in nurse Jackie. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. So it's just interesting. Anyways, I don't want to like compare and contrast, but it's just fascinating to me because we're talking about nursing right now. And I would have, maybe because I have like such an optimistic view of the world, I'm like a purist at heart and an optimist at heart, I would never think about that as a nurse. And so I think we get in our own way. The moral story is, again, this goes back to why do we feel that? Why do we feel that way about ourselves? Like that's, but because we are portraying ourselves as that person. And the reality is, is like, no, you have way more value than that. How do you talk about yourself? Um, and I think it actually goes back to the individual nurse. Like how, why are we talking about that? It's crazy. Yeah. And when you were talking about the nephrologist and the other doctor yeah. and the pharmacists and anyone else, the nurses, yeah. the four letter word there is just, and I've written and spoken about it. Even my husband, my husband. your husband's a trauma <laughs> orthopedic <laughs> surgeon. He's a freaking orthopedic trauma surgeon. And he's like, you know, I'm just the consultant. I can't, I'm like, okay, first of all, you're so annoying. Cause you're annoying. Right. I'm going to slap you right now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like shut up. You are not GOD, mm-hmm. believe it or not. But, and two, I mean, yeah, you're a consultant, so they don't have to listen to you, I guess. I don't know. I have no idea, but just get over it. So right. I think sometimes it's just a reality check, a little bit of ego, a little bit of we just lack recognition globally. Globally. This is not even a healthcare thing. I, I have, again, architects, um, athletes. It's just how we feel about ourselves. Hmm. I wonder... I wonder if that's, I would love to do a study or something, or even an anecdotal study. Yeah. Is that specific to the United States? Is this something that like European nurses and doctors experience? I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, there's a lot of autonomy these days of hierarchical hierarchy and who's who and who's the, co- who's the boss mm-hmm. of who and ultimately who's making the decisions and where's the money coming from and funding and all that crap. At the end of the day, especially when we talk about healthcare, it's like, gosh, who cares? Didn't we get into it yeah. for the patient? <laughs> like, okay, get back to the patient, you know? And so, although that's kind of, again, green of me to say, I think that we lose sight of that a lot of times. Yeah. I would never think of a nurse as just a nurse. I, I'm not saying that to be Thank you. like nurse focused. I'm saying that as 
I think we get in our own way as individual professions. We do. And nurses even say that about each other, like, oh, you're just a school nurse or you're just this. Oh, gosh. And yeah, totally. It's, and it's, it happens internally and it, it happens on, on so many different levels. And, you know, you run mastermind groups for women. Mm -hmm. You're an international speaker. You're a keynote speaker. So you're a motivational we could say public figure in the career space. And obviously yeah. you, you started in healthcare and now you've, you've touched outside of healthcare. Like I have just a tiny bit and yeah. you have an online community called career by design. Mm -hmm. And is that an online community that runs through social or is it on your website? Yeah. So basically I started, I've been, you know, I've been in the coaching space for five, almost five years now and I was doing one-on-one mm -hmm. forever for three and a half years. And basically I caught myself one day taking calls after calls and everyone was coming to me for the same exact question and same exact issue. And I was like, I was kind of getting burnt out to be honest. I was like, how do I help my, how do I like rejuvenate and continue growing and continue helping people? Cause I love what I do is just, it's exhausting. So I created a community, an online community. So basically, um, we meet every week via Zoom. So I've been on the Zoom world for, <laughs> for a couple of years now and everyone's now just coming to Zoom. And I was like, I've been here living here for a while. So yeah. So basically I created a community where everyone, a safe place to turn to where people could just feel like they have support because I think mm -hmm. a lot of us just get, we feel like we're going through career life all alone, even if we're not alone. So even if we do work for a big company or big health system or a big organization, or even if we have a big family and people that love us, Sometimes you just need that safe, objective place to turn to. And so instead of me, it just being me, I help now a community of people. So it's like groups, but it's big. I mean, it's, it's over 50, 50, 60 people now. So that's amazing. That's great. And sometimes it's not even me. I just bring people together mm -hmm. and they are just like creating these insane, like own little communities and helping each other out. And so I just... So you're the ring I'm just like the you're facilitator. The I'm just the facilitator. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. here's the resources. And I give them training videos and I give them experts. And I, you know, I, I nurture the group. I keep it going. But I think sometimes professionals like nurses, sometimes we just need a safe place to turn to like people who turn to you for just trusted That's advice. So they, true. Just, they just need like a quick thing. Like, you don't want to turn to your friend. You don't want to turn to your coworker. You don't want to turn to your boss because obviously a friend might give you subjective advice, maybe based on their opinion. A boss might give you different advice because they might not really be in the best interest of yourself. A partner might be busy. My husband doesn't have time to talk to me about my career. He's so freaking busy half the time. And he's great. It's just, he doesn't always have the capacity to handle that. So that's why I always turn to online support yeah. and career coaches and a business coach. I mean, I just think that there's nothing more valuable than getting the support that you deserve. Yeah. And that's why I'm creating Nurse Keith yeah. Nation, which is going to be an online membership site through my website because people need to talk, they need to connect. And around this whole thing of valuing ourselves and the value proposition and creating habits. So let's talk about habits that contribute positively to people thinking better of themselves and being able to talk about themselves in positive ways and for lack of a better term, brand and market yeah. themselves. So what's there, what are a couple habits that are you, your go-tos that you're like, you need to develop this habit? What are a couple for you? Okay. Great question. Well, first of all, this is something that's like not an overnight thing. I mean, 
I have clients that turn to me and they're just like, we want to meet maybe once or twice and I want to be fixed. And I'm like, okay, I could help you in the, for a couple of hours, but I don't think that's going to fix you. You know, I think this is creating a self-development investment as a habit for the rest of your career. Mm. In my opinion is habit number one, you like getting support and recognizing that it's okay to get support forever for the long run. I think that's something that is, is ingrained in me now as I've navigated my career, my business. So that's habit number one, investing in yourself. And that's in, in habit number two, of course, there's a ton, but I'm just thinking of the most important things right now. Sure. You're just being really self-aware of where you're at and not just going through the motions. I think a lot of us just go in to our job, go home, cook dinner, hang out with the kids and go to bed, wake up, brush your teeth, go to work, <laughs> drop off the kids, go to work, come home, do the same thing over and over again. It's totally, I mean, now granted, we're going through COVID right now. So it's a little bit of Groundhog Day right now, but, 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 but I think being extremely self-aware. Self-aware. Okay. Is so critical when you're talking about habits and creating a habit. Okay. Not, but, but, and how do you create self-awareness? Right. What are, what are, what's, what's one thing you could say that is a tool for self-awareness? I know what I use personally, and I know what I teach my clients. There's a few different tools. A few things that I think have helped me in the past, as well as other clients is one, Mm -hmm. slow down, take so much off of your plate. Don't say yes to everything under commit over deliver journal write everything down that you're doing, do a time journal, do a writing journal. There's so many prompts. There's so many different things that we could do to just understand ourselves better. And again, as a nurse, Mm -hmm. you're especially like ER nurses, critical care nurses. I mean, these are just incredibly busy nurses. You don't have time to think about that stuff. So if you're overwhelmed and if you just don't know what to do, like you have to understand everyone says they're so busy, but I want to know what you're busy doing. So I don't use that word personally. It's another four letter word. Yeah. Me, me, I no more anymore. But <laughs> in the beginning, I mean, I didn't know any different. I think we're just trained to be busy. We're trained to do a lot. We're trained to take on more. Mm-hmm. We're trained to say yes. And busy is supposed to be good, right? Yeah. It's supposed to get you accolades and it does to be honest mm-hmm. in these crazy healthcare worlds. That's super true. Sitting on more boards, sitting on more meetings, sitting on more things, committing to all these fancy things gets you more recognition, which is like so cyclical. Now you said, you said don't overcommit, overdeliver. Undercommit, overdeliver. Okay. It's not don't overcommit. You're saying undercommit, overdeliver. And I'm thinking like you just mentioned boards and things. And I encourage my clients to say volunteer for the board of a nonprofit that they love, that they care about or sign up for a committee at work because say that you're on the magnet committee of your hospital. That's really cool. Or you're on the committee at your um, home health agency to yeah. create new policies and procedures. That's great mm-hmm. experience. It's actually a way to network because people get to know you, but don't join five committees. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, the problem is, here's what the problem is with a lot of the clients I work with. They're okay. really effective. They're really good at what they do, 
So they'll mm-hmm. sign up for one committee and then they take it over because they're so good at what they do. And then, you know, a year later, now they're on 10 committees because everyone passes them everything to do. They don't have boundaries. So they say yes to everything. And then they end up working 80 hours a week because they're so overwhelmed. And boundaries, what are those? <laughs> Ashley? It's these little fences that live around your house. And Not to keep people six feet away, right? Exactly. Exactly. No, no, no. So when you say boundaries, I know what you mean, but can you explain what Ashley's definition of personal or professional boundaries is? What's your definition? Yeah, I'm actually reading two books right now about oh, boundaries. One bound, it's called Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. I read it a couple of years ago, but I got to refresh. And mm-hmm. another one is Codependent No More: How to Stop How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself. Yeah. And I think the definition of boundary is knowing thyself. Okay. Knowing what to commit to and knowing when to say yes and no. But what if that person knows themselves as being the person who does everything? (laughs) Well, what's that going to get you? I mean, what is the intention behind what you're trying to navigate kind of thing? Okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, I love that. No, no, no. I love a good, I love a good discussion about this. Because, I mean, there's so many different definitions of a boundary, right? I mean, there's millions. But in my opinion, everyone has different boundaries. So mm-hmm. what differentiates you and everyone else? Knowing yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what you want, knowing what you define success as, and knowing when you need to say yes and no to what's going to get you closer to success. Now I'm talking about like career boundaries and professional boundaries. Oh, yes. Um, there's obviously like relationship boundaries, family boundaries. If you want your mother-in-law to show up at all days, you know, you got to say yes or no to that. So that's like a personal boundary, but I'm talking about professional work boundaries here of mm-hmm. knowing when to just not commit to all the things and what's going to help you get closer to what you're trying to go for. Yeah. Now, of course, we're recording this in early May, 2020. So let's just take a nurse who's being asked to deliver the world right now. She or he has to show up for these long shifts and let's say they're in a COVID rule out unit or they're actually in an ICU that's dedicated to COVID positive patients. And that's, of course it's surge capacity and they're feeling like, oh my gosh, I got to show up every time they ask me because that's what I do. I show right, up right, right. and nurses show up and that's what we're famous for is we show up, of right? Course. When, the, when the feces hits the fan, nurses are there, right? So what do we do with that nurse who has, let's say she has elderly parents she's responsible for. Maybe she has a disabled child with rheumatoid arthritis and she needs to protect that child. Her husband's out of work because his industry got shut down by the pandemic, right? The economic slowdown. And she's being asked to come in over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and use the same PPE over and over again and she doesn't want to. And she feels like she's going to completely lose her mind because she hasn't had time to herself in weeks. Like she's not working from home like you and I are. Yeah, sure. So she has to have a boundary, right? Yes, of course. Somewhere? Anywhere? Oh my gosh. Everyone needs them boundaries. Everyone. How does she assert it? How does she learn to assert that boundary when, when she really, really needs to do so? Well, I'm wondering what's pushing her to feel obliged to say yes all the time. Because nurses are angels and scrubs, maybe? Are, are they? Are you? I thought you were a human. No, because that nurse has heard this 
saintly, angelic, superhero message so many times that she has internalized it to the point where she feels like, I I can't say no. <laughs> Is the hospital going to fall apart because she's not there? Well, that's where nurses need to learn that they can walk away sometimes and like go home and have dinner. Exactly. And also, I mean, if you're not healthy and if you're sick, how are you going to take care of other people? And I'm not talking about physically sick, like mentally sick and yes, exhausted and all of that. So I recognize there's more people out there like that than there are like me who say, uh, hell no, sorry, can't do that. Um, that's why I have a job and what I do because I teach people that how to stand up for themselves. And sometimes it's hard for me too. I'm not saying I'm like some weirdo that, no, I struggle with boundaries too, especially when it comes to my clients. Like I love, love, I overserve so crazy that sometimes I have to check myself too, but mm-hmm. it's not a jeopardy. It's not a, it's not at the cost of my own health and it's not at the cost of my family and my quality time that I'm spending with them. So you have to decide what is important to you. And you have to gain the courage, right? It's courage first to stick your grounds and say yes and no to things. And then confidence will come. Then it'll just be second nature to you. Wow. You just used some great words that are simple. They're really simple words, but they mean a lot in this context. Boundary. We started with boundaries and then you went to courage and you went to confidence. And I think, well, if you have the courage to say no, I need to be home with my family tomorrow because it's my daughter's fourth birthday. And no, I can't come in and work another 12 hour shift on the COVID unit because I want to be with my daughter. And someone might say to that nurse, that's really selfish. People are dying. And that nurse has to then have that person should go to a different job and call us because I mean, we're not, we're not supposed, we're not here. Like we're not, we're not, we're human. Like we aren't isolated to having feelings and needs and emotions ourselves, even though we're taking care of sick people, critically sick people. That doesn't mean you don't have your own things that you need to tap into. So at some point we have to take ownership of what is important to us and work with someone like you who, or me, who can give you the tools on how to gain that courage just to like, sometimes it just takes accountability. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of a push and good for those people. That means they want to spend time with their daughter on their fourth birthday. That, That means they have the desire. Now it's just getting the tools and the courage to just speak up for themselves. I think a lot of us lose our voice in the chaos we do and we lose our sense of personal agency and this circles back to that notion of valuing yourself and yeah. knowing what you're worth and having the well it goes back to that word confidence right to be able to say mm-hmm. i'm confident that i'm amazing and that i have something of value to bring to the world and yeah. i have a value to bring to my 4 year old daughter tomorrow by baking her a cake and hanging out with her all day Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think you that have a three-year-old. So you, you really I do have a three-year-old and I, and I know that sense of, you know, getting kind of lost in everything and not knowing yeah. how, how to balance everything. And, and I think that is something that it is so important that you get help and it's May. So it's mental health awareness month. And I think now more than ever with COVID going on and the balance and the juggle of everything, it's just very with homeschooling and just everything, like it's just 
Mm. It's real right now. It's all hands on deck, but that doesn't mean that you need to kill yourself in order to really show up for your job. Your job is just the funnel for your life. And I think Mm. we, we really lose sight of that. Your job is the funnel for your life. So could you say just something else about that? Because that's a really awesome statement. In my opinion, I think we lose, we get so caught up in the ego of what our titles are and what fancy letters we have behind our name. And we lose sight of why we went into the profession and what we want out of our our life and our legacy. Mm -hmm. And I think it just, you got to have your priority straight of what you want. It's so easy to work more. It's so easy to work a lot because we're all, because we're all so good at our job. I mean, I doubt anyone who's listening right now is, is that person that kind of sucks. <laughs> like you're just not, I just know it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really easy to get caught up in the, uh, in the, in the chaos of everything. And, mm-hmm. and you, you get yeah. sucked into this, atmosphere of you need to work more, you need to do more, you need to have more of this, you need more, 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 mm-hmm. but you have to say stop and focus on what's most important to you. That's so true. And, and in the chaos of COVID-19 and a pandemic and an international existential health public health crisis, we can all feel so indispensable. It's like, I've got to be there. I've got to back up. I've got to have my, my coworkers backs. But like you said, if you don't look after yourself, how effective are you truly going to be? And it goes back to that old adage that is kind of a tired one, the cliche of you got to put on your, on your own oxygen mask before you put on someone else. Exactly. I was just thinking that. <laughs> but it actually does work, even yeah. though we just say it too much. So as we wind down, if we circle back to the value proposition, mm-hmm. I feel like that's very central to your overarching message, in, in including that positive mindset muscle that you and I talked about on the phone the other Mm -hmm. day, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, if you can put that positive mindset muscle to work and you really exercise it and you grow it and you start to believe in yourself more, how does that reflect positively on your recognition of your value proposition and how you say it? Like, what does that muscle do for you? That positive mindset muscle? It allows you the opportunity to speak highly of yourself. That's very simple explanation. And if you speak highly of yourself, the humble brag, where does that take you? Like, what's the next step once you're able to do that? The opportunities will be a floodgate of opportunities for you because people want to work with people like that. They don't want to work with Sorry, Nancy's. They don't want to work with the negative Nancy's. They don't want to work with people who bring (laughs) the baggage on. They want to work with people who, you know, good, trusting, hardworking, can get the job done type of people. And I think we lose track of that. We get so, my dog is um, sneezing in the background. Sorry, we get so so, um, (laughs) caught up in everything that we forget to just talk what we're good at, talk what we can, what problem can we solve? Yeah. Like that positive mindset and the humble brag and the value proposition. I teach my clients and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. When you walk into an interview and they ask you what your strengths are, you don't go in saying, Oh, I like to help people or, you know, you don't go for the generic. You really go deep. 
you go yeah. big, like you go yeah. big. You're like, I, and you declare, it's like you have a little moment on your soapbox. And like you said earlier, about 15 minutes ago, you said, it's not like you're, you're going out there and saying, I'm the best and puffing out your chest kind of, you're just yeah. saying you're being, what did you say? You said, I'm paraphrasing, but you were saying how to, that you, you're matter of fact. Factual. Yeah. I mean, factual, you just factual. bring data, you bring real, honest, truthful experiences about yourself. You remove your emotions from the truth mm-hmm. and you talk about the truth. So it's not bragging. It's just you telling the truth. Wow. So when you remove your emotions from the truth, it's no longer bragging. It's just the truth. Yeah. Like, okay, let me tell you an example. Let me tell you an example. Like in 2018, 2019, I gave 25 keynote speaking engagements. Now, and I was paid keynote speaking engagements on big stages. Now, like that was really uncomfortable for me to say just recently, right? It was Mm -hmm. hard for me to say it because it's, it's kind of cool. It's pretty cool. it's great. It's awesome. But like, it, it's, it's hard for me to say it sometimes because I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it's actually mm-hmm. like facts. So why would it, why am I nervous to say it? I don't know. Somewhere in my training, somewhere along in my career, someone told me that that's bad or someone told me that that's, that's not nice. <laughs> or your parents told you that when you were little. I have a feeling yeah. it was my parents. And yeah. um, we can just blame your parents. It's, it's, it, don't don't worry. Thousands of people are listening. Don't worry. Yeah. Can we do another podcast on that? Yeah, we can. We where can. Does this, where does this baggage come from? Anyway, so <laughs> no, but it's true. I, I mean, I, I, but it's facts. So I, it was a fact that I was paid to give twenty five keynote speaking engagements all over the world, and that's just facts. So what if I were to go into a, a, an interview or if I were to go onto, I don't know, talking to a client, I need to remove my emotion of why is that awkward for me to say that? I don't know. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like I'm bragging. No, I'm not. It's facts. It's data. I did look at my travel log. It was crazy. Right. So like, it's, yeah. It's like, if I say I'm one of the most well-known nurse career coaches in the world, I mean, it is true. Dude, and it's hard deal. for me to say, oh, you're a thank big you. deal. it's hard to say sometimes or, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You know, I know. But, but if a nurse listening right now hears that and she can say, well, when I was unit manager of the ICU at such and such a hospital from 2017 to 2019, yes. I initiated a new yes. protocol for this, that, and the other yes. thing. Yes. And, and nosocomial, Nosocomial yes. infections decreased by 25%. Yes. And yes. I own that. Hell yeah. Yes. Right? Sorry. Heck yes. Yes. Ah, it's okay. <laughs> so it sounds like from your viewpoint, attitude and mindset are first and everything kind of follows, right? Is that true? Attitude, mindset, effort. Yeah. Oh, and, effort, effort. And strategic effort, I guess I should say. A lot of people put an effort, but it's aimless effort. It's not down the right. It's a rabbit hole. I'm going to so, write that down. Strategic effort. Okay. Got it. So it's not just like doing the things because that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. You can, you can fill up your calendar day in and day out with things, mm-hmm. meetings, agendas, patient care, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's that going to get you? Not sure. So it needs to be intentional and strategic, especially if you're going, you know, if you're trying to get like a promotion or if you're trying to switch careers or 
you should always be intentional with your energy and time, but extra intentional and strategic, especially when you're trying to grow your personal brand or mm-hmm. have more awareness around your value proposition, especially when you're trying to talk about it in an interview or in a situation yeah. where it's high stakes. Cool. Well, I want to have you back sometime this year in 2020 to talk about interviews specifically, and maybe oh, yeah, we can go it. deeper into yeah. like, how do you sit there, look somebody in the eye and tell them how amazing you are? Like, how do you do that? And I mean, like I, the thing is, is like, I don't, I, I teach people this every single day. I meet with clients every single day. For yes. prep, yeah. And it's still challenging for me to do interviews. So I don't think it's like, I don't think it's this, um, We'll, we'll do an interview podcast for sure. But I don't think, I don't want people to walk away thinking that interviews are going to be easy. I, I think it's just, it's a mindset of you need to articulate the value and match the, the need and you can match the need of what they're looking for. The problem mm-hmm. that you, that they are looking for and you can solve it. So, I mean, even when I go on interviews still, like even for podcast interviews, I do this all the time. It's still nerve wracking, <laughs> right? It's still scary. I know. I'm so scary. I'm sorry. I know you're so intimidated back. I know it's really, it's really bad. It's a bad habit. So Ashley, how do, how do people find you? Where do they go? The best place to go is my website, rxashley.com. And that is Ashley with two E's. Yes. R-X-A-S-H-L-E-E.com. And you're on Facebook, R-X-Ashley. And on Instagram, you are the Ashley Hayes, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The very own Ashley <laughs> yes, Hayes. Yes. And then you're Ashley Clevens Hayes on LinkedIn. LinkedIn we'll have that link yeah. in the show notes. And, you know, we'll have all your stuff in the show notes because we want people to find you and see you and hang out with you and yeah, join I your community it. and hire you. And, you know, because there's room for everybody here in this pool. It's a big pool. And, oh gosh. And, yeah. I'm all about yeah it. And, and some people might feel like, Oh my God, I've got to work with Ashley. Like she's amazing. So I want <laughs> oh, I people to that. know that. And I want Thank you. people who hire speakers to know that you're amazing. I and appreciate that. They need to bring you in to lift people up because I can tell that that's a real incredible talent of yours. And I'm going to have you back here because I want to tap some of those talents a little bit more. And because you're, you're awesome. You're really awesome. <laughs> Thank and, you. I appreciate what, it. and, and your daughter's three and your yes. husband's a surgeon and yes. you all live in, in orange County. And mm-hmm. I hope that you and yours all stay safe and healthy. And yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's been touch and go a little bit, you know, Chris, my husband's very front lines of all the craziness. So I hear you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. You were, you were the best. You were the best. <laughs> thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the special bonus episode of the nurse Keith show. And there'll be many more to come. And remember the show notes can be found at nursekeith.com forward slash mindset. And I want you to go to the show notes to learn all about Ashley Clevens Hayes, hang out with her, look her up, chat with her, write her an email, connect with her on LinkedIn, send her a personalized invitation to connect on LinkedIn, mind you. And I hope you feel uplifted and empowered by this episode. And I want you to take inspired action in terms of your value proposition and mindset now and in the future. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and our social media maven is Mark Cappy Spiesen. And Mark and Rob, thank you so much for keeping the wheels turning in the right direction. Stay safe, stay informed, be the nurse who does the right thing for yourself and others in the face of COVID-19. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And Ashley Clevens-Hayes saying goodbye from... Orange County, California. 
All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, everyone. Catch you on the other side.